Today on episode 489 of the I Am Salt Lake podcast, we are joined by our friend, Jerem Bischoff, to talk about Crucial Fest 10. That's right. You heard it right. Crucial Fest 10. Uh, It's actually been like four years since we had Jerem on the podcast. We used to have him on almost every year to talk about Crucial Fest and find out what bands are playing. And so it was really cool to bring him into the studio here and find out about the bands or some of the bands. He didn't announce all of them on this episode, but we find out about some of them. And, and like uh, the future of Crucial Fest and yeah, where he's going with everything. Yeah, so he makes some cool announcements. We're going to get into all of that here but in be- just a minute. But before we do, I think we should probably introduce ourselves. For those of you who haven't met us yet, I am Chrissy Hollifield. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Chris Hollifield. And if you're a longtime listener, you already know that. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. If you're new, you might be wondering what this podcast is all about. This podcast is all about showcasing awesome people in Salt Lake City and surrounding areas. We get to talk to awesome people like business owners, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, musicians, really anyone that has a cool story to share. This summer, the nonprofit Sundance Institute is kicking off a free new screening series for the locals to say thank you to its home state. The program will spotlight buzzy selections from the 2021 Sundance Film Festival, including award-winning feature films like Summer of Soul, Coda, Jockey, and One for the Road. Screenings will take place at venues in Park City and Salt Lake City. Get all the details and save your spot at these special outdoor events by visiting sundance.org slash Sundance Locals. And many thanks to the Sundance Institute for being a sponsor of this podcast. I did want to mention really quickly, we will be posting about these screenings in our Facebook group. I know I posted about one was it a week ago or so? You can find that by searching I Am Salt Lake Community inside Facebook. So make sure to join so we can keep you up to date on when those are happening. All right, let's get into that conversation that we had with Jaron Bischoff when he came into our studio. And we got to talk about Crucial Fest 10 and uh, this big festival he's putting on here in uh, Salt Lake City. So let's get into it. Here we go. Let's start right at the beginning. Up top, Crucial Fest 10. Well, first of all, when is it? Let's let's start there. What, what August twenty sixth through the 29th, The whole thing's at Metro Music Hall. Metro Music Hall, and it's free this year. Which it's free. Should we get into that now, or should we talk about that a little bit later? When I mean, we can get into it. Well, why are you doing it free this year, man? So what's your problem. <laughs> yeah, what's what's the problem? Jeez, all right. This is a new reaction. Um, I'm making it free for a new a few reasons this year. Um, number one, it's been 10 years and I feel like it's just a way to sort of thank the community for all the support through the years. Um, also we just went through COVID lockdown and I feel like this is a good time to like invite new people out. Um, there's always been through the years, a lot of people that know about Crucial Fest that have heard about it. They've heard the advertisements. They've heard people talk about it. They've seen people wearing the t-shirts around, they're curious or they even know me and they want to come support it or whatever. But when I put the lineup out, it's such a niche market thing. The the type of heavy music that we do that, you know, a lot of people haven't heard of the bands. And so they're not really willing to pay a high ticket price to come see bands they've never heard of. So this way they can just come check it out. And I think the real point of what I want Crucial Fest to be is a place that people come because they want to come to the festival and then they find new bands that they become fans of. And then also there's, there's just the business model. I wanted to try something a little bit different. 
Um, I typically book it all and sort of cross my fingers and hope that enough people show up and buy enough tickets that I can, you know, pay for everything in the end. Um, and that doesn't always happen. So I just wanted to kind of do something a little bit different, funding the whole thing through sponsorships and fundraisers and selling some VIP tickets. But, uh, I'm finding that everywhere, you know, you're, you're able to save a little bit of money with the free model. And also I'm just going to have it all paid for and taken care of before, it even starts. So any of the bands coming from out of town that have their tour, their guarantee or their, you know, whatever funding they need to be here, they're already going to have it. So I'm not going to be running around during the festival, settling up with people and handling that kind of stuff. It's just going to be done. Um, so that would be the last thing is just freeing myself to be able to enjoy the, the event when it happens after I put in all the work rather than, well, just cutting out one more of those things that I'm just like on demand for, have to be running around meeting with people, doing all this stuff. I don't want to do that. Um, I want to enjoy the event. And then I also just want as many people as possible to be there this year. How are you going to control it? Because like I know even um, with some other free events, concerts that I've been to even in the past of, of that other people have put on you know, you get just random people that just kind of come in. It's like, how are you going to, is there any way to avoid anything like that? Like, like troublemakers or people that don't hooligans. really, really want to the be there. Out. Right. Cause I'm sure it, it, people will come that don't want to even be there. I don't know. I don't know if people would come if they don't want to be there. I mean, I guess metalheads and, and stuff like people in, in this genre typically aren't going to put up with people coming in and just giving them crap, I guess. That's, yeah, that's I don't what know. I'm worried that about. Be, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking the wrong way. That could be an unanticipated problem. It's actually, I mean, it's come up before. I don't really know. Like, if you want to come, just come. Like, if you're going to cause a problem, then we'll just kick you out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't really. What it's about, ca- what about capacity, about man? What about, because I mean. So the capacity met- there is a, a solid 600 people. Oh, is it that many? Yeah. And, you know, if we get 600 people there and there's a line and people are waiting to get in. That's just a good thing for me. Okay. So I don't really care about that. That's one of those problems that we've, it comes up every once in a while. Like, what if there's too many people? And it's like, there's never too many people. <laughs> like, and if there was, yeah. that would be a celebration day for me. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if there, if it does fill the capacity and it could, there's a VIP ticket option you can get and you can get in no matter what, even if it fills the capacity, you can skip the line if there's a line or whatever, but it's going to be, a, they're going to be long nights. It's going to be like, Doors at 5 p.m. and the show goes till just after midnight. It's probably so good for sponsors too because they're like, hey, we know that many people are going to be there. Too. Sponsors love it. Yeah. Sponsors love a free event because they know there's going to be that many more people there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one way that I'm able to leverage a free event to get more sponsorship money to make it all happen. How are you dealing with getting that many people together? Are you making people show vaccine cards to get in or like what, you know, we're kind of in a weird spot that way right now. I wish I had a better answer for this, but it's kind of like, you just live, man. I'm, I'm vaccinated. All my friends are vaccinated. Anyone who I think I don't want to get into the vaccine debate, but I think anyone by that time, if you want to get vaccinated, you'll have had the opportunity to get vaccinated a hundred times. And if you are not vaccinated at that point, you're probably it's not kind of on be. you. And if you want to run that risk, that's I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to be it's really nice, enforcing uh, people are welcome to wear masks. But Crystal Fest isn't really like if if 
let's say if some variant gets out of control this summer, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to put it off and wait until such a time that it can be an event where people can hug each other and have that closeness. Um, I think I will limit capacity. I don't, I don't know if I'll let it go to like the full 600. I might cap it around 450 or something to make sure there's a little extra breathing room. Um, There's a lot of space outside. There's a huge patio. We're also opening up the parking lot to have food and stuff out there. So there's going to be plenty of room to space out. But at the same time, I've been waiting for this to be over to do Crucial Mm -hmm. Fest and not ever interested in doing it during a peak time. Yeah. So we'll keep watching it. We'll see, you know, if there's a huge flare up or something, you know, conditions change, then we might postpone the event that could happen. But short of that, I'm not going to be asking for vaccine cards. We will put out some messaging that encourages people to do that. Luckily, I think most of the people in the music community are the type that are vaccinated. Like I said, pretty much everyone I personally know is vaccinated. I advise you to get vaccinated. I think it's a smart move. But at the same time, like I don't want to be too heavily in that camp because people have their reasons for being skeptical of things. And it's like I've chosen to accept, you know, a vaccine as a good step forward. I think everyone should do it. But at the same time, it's like the companies telling you to get vaccinated are the same ones that are like totally ruining people's lives with um, just the, the pharmaceutical the companies and the whole, the whole complex. And so it's like yeah. to, to just fully trust something. That's it's a touchy coming, subject. It's a touchy it subject. Is, for sure. And there's some nuance sure. to it. And yeah. I don't want to be like alienating people that have reservations. So, you I know, see, and I think that's the most kind of respectful hard. way to handle it, honestly, because it's true. We've, we've been around, we know that we can go take care of it if we want, whatever. And if you want to go to crucial fest, just, do what you're comfortable with and be cool. respect everyone there. <laughs> I, I honestly think that's the best way to do it. We, we considered like, you know, having to show your vaccine card or whatever, but uh, I just think I don't really want to get into people's personal lives that much. And if you want to be vaccinated, you should get vaccinated. Yeah. If you don't, you should consider it heavily. All right. We're going to take just a minute now and talk about one of our awesome sponsors, utahmarijuana.org. Hopefully you guys have all had the opportunity to go visit the website by now because they are your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I want to give a quick shout out to my buddy Tim Pickett, who co-hosts my other podcast, Utah in the Weeds. He's the guy behind utahmarijuana.org. Now they're a sponsor, you guys, and their team of medical cannabis experts They're going to make getting your medical card easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. With over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now, they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Just use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. Again, that code is GREEN25. It's going to give you $25 off your first visit to get your medical cannabis card here in Utah. They got locations all up and down the valley, you guys. Just go to utahmarijuana.org. They're going to show all those locations 
Uh, that way you can pick the one that's closest to you and the most convenient. So isn't it time that you took control of your own health? UtahMarijuana.org. Feel better. The lineup this year, right? Yeah. Uh, we don't want to give the full lineup because this upcoming Friday, so this is being released, uh, what is the date on Monday? The 24th? 20, oh, 28th, yeah. 28th, yeah. The big announcement's July 2nd, though, yeah. of all the bands. Yeah. So we don't want to give too many spoilers here. Right. Are there any bands that you care to talk about that we that are going to be playing? Because I know we're getting, even going to play some music from some of these yeah, bands. Yeah, I think so. I wanted to do a little sneak peek and talk about five of the bands that okay. are on the lineup. Sure. There's a band called Ills from Portland. Well, first of all, most of the bands coming from out of town, 90% of them are coming from Portland. There's nice. a, a few coming from Denver, a few coming from California, and the rest are coming from Portland. So I think I'm... I'm sort of leaning towards getting back to Crucial Fest being a regional festival that really focuses on Utah and then the relationships the bands have here with other cities um, and, and, and bands from those cities. So Portland's always been a town that has had significant ties to Salt Lake City. Um, Sound versus Silence and then also Exigent Records, um, a couple record labels that were here in the you know mid-2000s have put out lots of bands from Portland. There's a lot of those bands that still come through or their new bands come through. And so there's some of those that are playing this festival. Um, Ills is one of them that has members of, of some of those bands. My is one of them. We can talk about that. Uh, another band Gaytheist is coming down here. Um, they've played crucial fest twice before and they come through a lot. They play with uh, baby girl a lot. And actually they're going to be, they're going to be on that show as well. But they have a new record out that's amazing that I wanted to show one of the tracks from. Um, then we have Blackwater Holy Light, another Portland band. This is an all-female band that does sort of a blend between psych and doom, if you want to call it that. It's always hard to describe with just using a couple words, but we'll play some of their music. And then The Autolith is a local band. Um, they were formerly Subrosa and had a, a little a, a breakup and a... and you know, got back together with uh, most of the members and they have a new band called the Autolith that I'm really excited to see. They have a new record that's coming out. I'm not sure if it's going to be out in time for the festival, but this is going to be their debut performance. Um, and then the last one is shelter red. And that's another Portland band that was put out on a Salt Lake label in the early two thousands. They have a new record coming out called beast of the field. Um, but they are just an incredible live band. Um, their drummer lives here. The other two members are in Portland. They play just psycho instrumental music for musicians that like heavy stuff. I, it's, I, I wouldn't quite call it Prague, but it's, it's, um, it's mathy. It's melodic. It's all over the place. It's, um, really intricate music that is just exciting. Let's play one of the tracks right now, actually. Then okay. we'll talk more about what's going on with Crucial Fest 10. But if there's one of them that you want to play first, uh, sure. let's do it. Okay, so this is uh, from the band Ills, and the song's called Curse. So Ills is uh, Tom Gloss, who played in a band called Black Elk that came to Crucial Fest 2 and just knocked everybody's socks right off. They're, they're just super high energy Tom is just a crazy man on stage, so that's going to be awesome. Tim Steiner was in Microtia that was put out on Exigent Records. And there's Nathan Abner from The Days of the Nights and Adam Pike, who is in White Orange and uh, an adjacent member in Red Fang. 
Very cool. We'll play that. We'll be right back. What's the best way for listeners to, so the lineup's going to be announced on Friday, the 2nd, July 2nd. Is this like going to be on Facebook or an email or the website? How are they, what's the best way to I find mean, so out? For people that are on our email list, they'll get an email okay. and they'll get a little tip off maybe the night before or something um, with a link to get VIP tickets because we're going to do a very small amount of VIP tickets just to help with funding a little bit. 
And the main perk for that is going to be an area reserved at the front of the stage. So you can just get your drink or whatever and hop right back in and don't have to battle with the, the front of stage crowd. That's going to be Friday that we probably put that email out and then, or sorry, Thursday that we put that email out and then Friday we'll announce in the morning. And yeah, it's going to be through Facebook and Instagram. And we're going to, I mean, we're going to print a ton of posters and start just plastering everywhere. We've got some other interviews coming up and there's some stuff coming out in City Weekly and Slug. Uh, but that's pretty much it. And I okay. think Facebook is kind of our main, our main hub. Um, we'll have our website launched as well that where there'll be a lot more information that will be driving people to that, um, to like be able to check out the bands and get a closer look at all of them. But yeah, primarily Facebook and Instagram. Very cool. Let's as talk as much ab- as I don't really love hearing myself say that. It's, it's the truth. It's the way of the world, man. In social yeah. media. I mean, honestly, the fact that it's free. And the fact that uh, it you know can help so many different uh, you know whether you're a local business kind of or is a, musician. a little bit like power to the people-y yeah. in a way you know yeah. it's not controlled totally. What about this uh, the the female doom night you were mentioning before we started recording? Did I get that right? You're doing like a one night of female doom? yeah. So each night kind of has its own theme, um, and yeah, one of the nights is going to feature two of these bands that we we talked about mentioning Blackwater Holy Light and the Autolith, and there's going to be another. Six bands, so it's eight bands per night, starting off with shorter sets, doors at five, music at six to about midnight. But yeah, I wanted to, I mean, it kind of just came together natural, it didn't really take a lot of, or naturally, it didn't really take a lot of effort. But um, there's a lot of local artists that are, that feature female members and are female fronted. Uh, I just think they bring something new to doom metal and and heavy music in general. There's something beautiful about having really heavy, somber music and then having like beautiful, wistful, sort of haunting vocals that are just sort of typically outside the range of male vocals. And I think that's something beautiful. And then I also just like, you know, I've I've done I do surveys and I like take a look at the crowd and who's coming to Crucial Fest and what they're into and it's typically been about 70, 30 male to female ratio. I think that's normal for a, a heavy music festival, but at the same time, I feel like there should be more that I can do to try and even that out. And just having more focus on, um, on female fronted bands is one of the things that I'm trying to do in order to reach that goal. Um, I didn't necessarily mean to put them all together on one night. It just sort of like naturally worked that way because of, um, the band, the Autolith, some of their friends are coming from out of town to play with them. So it just kind of worked out that way. And I thought it'd be a good way to feature that in, in the festival. And you were mentioning themes to other nights as well. What do you care to mention some of the other themes or is that um, kind of the only one that might be kind of hard to get into without talking about oh, all very of the true, bands. Very true. We don't want to give um, any but spoilers. The, we'll just say there's going to be. See, I was trying some, to be sneaky there. Yeah. No. <laughs> get you to spill the beans. We'll say there's there, the first nice night try. is going to feature some local reunions. Okay. And, okay. I like the sound some, of that. Uh, some speed metal bands. Okay. Um, the local reunions aren't speed metal, but it's kind of all paired together okay, okay. in an interesting way. Um, then there's going to be a, a local legend putting out a new record. Uh, that's going to be their record release that I'm really excited for. And then the last night is going to be Shel- actually Shelter Red Ills and Gaytheist, uh, three of the bands that we're talking about tonight um, with some more local support. And that's kind of like a, 
a wild music night. It's not really metal. It's more just like aggressive, crazy rock stuff. You were mentioning the local band reunions. It made me think of, of New Transit and former Rocket when you had, oh man, those are the two of the best bands, the local <laughs> yeah. bands that I was so stoked Oh my stoked gosh, I remember how play. excited you were about yeah, that. That yeah. was like right when we yeah, met. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, this guy really likes those bands. <laughs> no, nah, they're just, you know, it's not that they're like, you know, <laughs> no, I mean, they're good cool. bands, but they, yeah. were my, they were my youth, man, my childhood. Exactly, it's not cool to see. 20 year old, whatever years I, I was. think that's still childhood, yeah, if you ask yeah, me. But, uh, <laughs> it sure. counts. Let's actually play another track. One of the, if, is there one that you, we could play from like the female doom night was sure yeah let's do um blackwater holy light okay a song called sunrise let's play that and we'll be back talk more crucial fest so hang tight
putting together this festival, I would imagine was probably the toughest year or the toughest festival out of 10 years to put together. Would you say that's true or no? No. I really? Would, no, no way. Not even, <laughs> no. Part of why I'm doing things the way that I'm doing them is to have myself not be miserable, like trying to do too much. Um, I've done... I've done big events at, we did the gateway one year, we did the fairgrounds the next year and we did the whole outdoor staging and big production. And when you get into stuff like that and you get into like headliner bands that have excessive needs and not to say, not, <laughs> to, not to say M&Ms, it's not right? even, it's, <laughs> it's more, it's more about production needs and stuff like that. And it's stuff that makes sense. But when you get into the big outdoor events and you have the fencing and the porta potties and the security team that you have to coordinate with, and you have your different lists of people that have access at different points and your will call and your whole merch setup that you're outsourcing and having other people take care of. And you have a volunteer team of 50 people and it just goes on and on and on and on. I'm trying to not overcomplicate it this year. So doing it at Metro means that I have a kick-ass sound system and people to run it and good lighting. And I don't have to bring any of that stuff in. I might bring in a couple extra security, but there's already security there. There's already the infrastructure to serve alcohol. There's already a green room set up that I don't have to like build into, into a room that's not made for that. Um, just all of the all the infrastructure, all the logistics stuff is really simple. I don't have to build a fence around Metro. It's all set up. So taking it back to having the entire event at one indoor venue, which I don't think I've ever even done before. I've um, I've moved it around to different venues. I guess Crucial Fest 9 we did, but it's really about trying to not make it too complicated and try to just make sure that like it's just a, a personal thing. Like I've not enjoyed crucial fest some of the years that maybe other people really did enjoy it. And that was part of, that was part of how it works to make it happen. There's gotta be people behind the scenes doing all the tough stuff, but it ends up meaning that I can't see the bands I want to see. And if I can't sit down and, or, or, you know, stand there and drink a beer and watch a band that I've put all this work into to do this festival and I'm too busy behind the scenes to even see them play at all. Like at that point, I kind of wonder what I'm doing. Like what, what am I, like what's the purpose of what am I doing all this for? It sounds a lot like a wedding where you're like doing all this plan (laughs) planning so that it looks like you're having fun, but really you're just stressed out and you never even get to eat your cake. Yeah. It's totally like that. That's actually not, not a bad analogy at all. I wouldn't say that this is the most complicated or the most going into it year. This year is more about me just really working with my sponsors to put together an event that benefits them as much as possible, because that's ultimately who I depend on to make this happen. It's not people coming and buying, buying tickets. It's sponsors that are helping me make this happen. One thing I'm really excited about this year is that huge brands is presenting the festival and they're helping me to launch an adjacent business to Crucial Fest, which is going to be Crucial Threads. So we've always had cool artwork and cool t-shirts and stuff and our festival gear and posters and everything. But we're going to be expanding that this year because of their support. Um, and we're going to be putting out local artists doing different kinds of t-shirts and creative merch ideas and stuff throughout the year with like a web store. And the idea with that is to be able to like, 
you know, be putting a couple hundred bucks a month into an account to build the next Crucial Fest. So it all kind of works together. Crucial threads. Huh? Crucial threads. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. It's just, uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I just want to do more. And rather than going bigger in one single event, I'm just trying to diversify what I'm doing. So I want to do, I've, I've wanted to do this for a long time, but I want to do different events throughout the year. But at the same time, all of that means making Crucial Fest simple, straightforward, streamline, streamline yeah, it as yeah. much as possible. And the idea is that when I'm at the event, most everything will be taken care of to a, a decent extent such that I can relax and enjoy it. Because if I can't enjoy it personally, then it's really not worth it to do all that work and to make it happen. I mean, I, it is important that I contribute to the community and that's what it's all about. But at the same time, uh, I just need to like enjoy it too. Yeah, and there's it's been not some worth it years if you're running been, yourself into the ground. Yeah, and, and like, it's not like always like that. But there's just been some instances where it's like I'm not sleeping during the event, the event, and it's just like just too much. Just trying to take on too much, trying to do too much, and you know. I was just wondering, like, if even any of the pandemic going on. I mean, obviously we're on the tail end of it now, but. In that, you know, I mean, because you've been planning this for what, like a year now, right? This whole festival. Yeah. I mean, I've been so I was thinking about it for yeah. a year. So I was wondering if there was any pushback or any, any, you know, huge like obstacles that you timing. had. To, but I'm sure bands were on board. They're like, heck yeah, we want to play music, man. Yeah. We I mean, honestly, you know, as hard as the pandemic's been for so many people, it was nice to take a year off sure. and to just rethink the whole thing and take a break and be like, Hey, what do I want this to look like when I come back? And I think that everyone has gone through the isolation and they've gone through a lot of people have experienced tragedy. There's been some tough things and some learning things that we've all gone through, but at the same time, there's an appreciation for what we had. That's, that's there. There's an excitement for, something new to happen or, or to get back to it. So I really think that there's a lot of good energy as far as the bands, as far as people wanting to get back to this. It was just a matter of waiting and, you know, until what's going to be the right time to do it. And the end of August happened to be a good week for Metro. And we just decided, okay, let's go for it. Um, we wanted to put it off until a time that we could basically, you know, gamble and say, this is going to be, a safe time. Let's set it up for this time. And so far it looks good. And barring, you know, yeah. new news and variants. And yeah. I mean, who knows what could happen between now and then, but I think having the hope that it can happen and that we can get back to it, I think is going to be a, a really good thing for everyone. And I think, and people are getting out to shows again and enjoying it. Um, I went out and saw the ditch and the deltas last show with swarmer and Dunn. And that was a super cool night. Um, just seeing everybody out that I have people I haven't seen in a year and a half, you know, people are getting out, um, man, people are getting back to it. And I think, you know, looking at the numbers and stuff, nothing's getting, it's not like getting crazy out of yeah. control again. I think we're, I think we're at a good enough place. So it was nice taking some time off. It was nice rethinking everything. And honestly, it's nice getting back into it. So I think I really started putting things together in like January and I've been working really hard since then, but making simplifying the logistics and some of those things takes pressure off me so I can just focus on the booking, which is something I enjoy doing and working with sponsors and trying to customize the event so that they can get something out of it as well. 
Let's play another track because I think we okay. have uh, like one or two more that we want to play. Yeah, on this I think episode, we, got, we got three more. Or three if, more. If, so pos- awesome. if we can yeah, fit them yeah, all yeah, in. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so this band is called Gaytheists. They're, um, they put out a new record and this track is called The Dark Deep. Play that. We'll be right back. mentioning uh crucial threads and i Mm -hmm. want to of course you were also mentioning uh doing some other festivals like crucial juniors yeah so yeah we were talking about that um i was originally wanting to do it in august as well Uh but ended up deciding that i just want to focus on crucial fest and making that happen and making that the best thing it can be um but the idea with doing some uh, festival that's a little bit smaller than maybe the couple of biggest years that we did is that I want to do more throughout the year and diversify. So Crucial Threads is a way to have 
something else going on during the year. But I also want to do an event called Crucial Junior, which is essentially – so originally Crucial Fest had some all-ages shows and some 21-plus shows. Um, and actually the first Crucial Fest is the is the only other time that we've done a free event and we did a free thing at Liberty Park that was all-ages. Uh, and that was a really fun event. And then since then, we haven't done anything free. But Crucial Fest has sort of evolved into something that caters more towards the 21 plus crowd. You know, it's an event where there's alcohol, where it's just kind of like people don't necessarily want to be around a, a bigger crowds of families and stuff like that. And so, you know, part of me misses that. And um, so I want to make, rather than trying to keep those two things together, I'm just going to separate them. So Crucial Fest from here on out, and don't quote me on this because I change the program every year and I probably will continue to experiment until I find what I really like. Um, but Crucial Fest is going to be 21 plus and cater towards an older crowd. Cruise Junior is going to be an event that not only caters towards an all ages crowd, but also gets like kids involved. So I have three little girls um, one of them has done rock camp for girls and uh, it was like the most incredible experience ever. She, she went there for a week, did the camp, got with some other girls there, had, um, you know, counselors or whatever you call them, helping them, instructors, teaching them. And they put together a song and then at the end they all did a performance. And so we went to the depot um, and saw, you know, my little, she was eight years old at the time, I think, Charlie. Um, but she played in a band and played drums and it was just like the coolest thing ever. So That's I think awesome. rather, rather than like trying to tap into the teenager crowd, which is something that I've never really been able to do. Right. Uh, it's almost like, I just want to skip that. And like all, all of us rocker people have kids now <laughs> we're all at that point in our lives and we want them to be involved and have something to do. So this is almost going to cater more towards, families that have younger kids that want to be involved in music as a way to, to expose them to, to different kinds of music um, in like a safer setting than like, you know, going crazy at a, at a, at a bar or whatever. So I want to feature kid bands and get involved with different organizations, whether it's slam SLC or rock camp for girls, or, you know, maybe school of rock or spy hop, um, I want to reach out and make those connections and try to put together an event that caters towards families and young kids. And, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to get like 17, 18 year olds out too, if I can crack that code. But in the meantime, I'm just going to like move past that and just reach out to the youngest generation. Just build it and they will come make it awesome. And the 17, 18 year olds will be like, oh, I want to go too. Well, just cause like with Tate, our 16 year old. Mm-hmm. He plays drums and he plays amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But he's 16, so it's like he doesn't know where do you, to go. How do you play in a band? How do you do all this? And that's why it perked my ears up when you talked about this. I'm like, but he's he's that teenage crowd, man. I mean, I'm not trying to exclude them. I'm just yeah, well, like no, a little like, yeah, it's, exhausted they're, they're from a trying tough to crowd. trying Look, to figure them out. You do you know? a teenager thinks is the worst. We all know this. <laughs> yeah, dude, the I don't use TikTok. I'm not I'm just like I don't speak that language very well. But, (laughs) but yeah, but there are, I mean, there are definitely a lot of teenagers that are, that fall into this category as well, um, that have, you know, families or parents that were in bands and, you know, they play instruments, but haven't quite figured out how to put together a band. And, you know, if I get some of these youth organizations together, they might be able to help facilitate that with kids. So 
it's just something that I've wanted to do for a while and I don't have it scheduled yet, but as soon as Crucial Fest is over, I'm going to look at dates in the spring to put that together. And that is, that's going to be hopefully one of the new like pillars of, of the Crucial Fest community is an all ages show. All right. I am Salt Lake podcast listeners. I want to take just a few minutes right now and share with you about a brand new adventure that I'm starting, and I want you guys to be some of the first to hear about it. I've always loved homes. Each home has its own personality and its own story. And as many of you know, Chrissy and I bought a beautiful home a few years back, and the experience was exciting, fast-paced, and challenging. I learned a lot during the journey, and now I'm excited to uh, share some of that experience, knowledge, and pitfalls of home ownership with you all. I recently became a licensed real estate agent here in the state of Utah, and I would love to help you or any of your friends or family that are looking to sell or buy a home. I'd love to be your realtor. You can give me a call or text me directly at 801-244-2908 with any questions, or even if you just want to chat, or you can shoot me an email at chris at mybeardedutahrealtor.com. I can't wait to help you find your perfect home or just your perfect home for now. So give me a call and we'll chat soon. You guys love you. Let's play another track, man, because I know we got a couple more. So I want to make sure we get those in. All right, let's do the Autolith. This is the um, band that's formerly members of Subrosa. Their new band uh, is going to be really exciting. Their first show is going to be August 27th at Crucial Fest down at Metro. Their first show ever. Their first show ever, yeah, this is going to be it, so I'm excited about it. Wow, that's cool, man. But yeah, this song's called Bone Dust. Here we go.
you have like a dream band that you wish would play Crucial Fest? And I probably asked this on other episodes, but I'm sure maybe it's changed, right? I People mean, ask that my, about my podcast or about this podcast, right? They, they'll be like, hey, who do you want to interview? I'm yeah. sure you got a band, right? My my dream bands, well, luckily some of them have played Crucial Fest. I've had, you know, I've, I've had some of those bands that I've always wanted to play it. Um, bands like Baroness or um, the Flatliners played. It's a band I really like. You know, we had Pig Destroyer came so there's there's been a lot of bands that are played that i that were like to an extent dream bands but my real dream bands have to do more with like reunion shows so i mean even form of rocket was kind of one of those gets that i was like yes you guys your schedules line up you can actually do this this year you're into it hell yeah let's go yeah um but i'd really like to see like coalesce is one of the bands that i've always wanted to see yeah i'm Sort of buddies Dude, with um, a, a member of that band, but that's like for them, it's like on the shelf, you know, and they don't know when the next time they'll want to dust it off is. But, but I'm, you know, my, the bug is in their ear that when they do come around to wanting to do it again, you know, I'll, I'll have a shot at being able to book something like that. I found with reunions, the key is just being persistent. And sometimes it takes six years to get a band to want to do it, but like, Eventually, most bands will get the itch after long enough if there's still people out there asking them. So, like, that would be a dream come true to get Coalesce to play, for yeah. instance. Um, or, you know, there's other bands that I'm a really big fan of. A band like Hot Cross would be a dream band for me just because they're personally, they're a band that I really love. And it, it's so out there to even possibly get a band like that to get together and it's i'm sure it won't happen but that's not going to stop me from asking sure um and so you know it's like if you take enough shots in the dark eventually one or two of them will hit and that's been my experience over the years so it's like rather than just doing that with local bands now i kind of do that with uh, all kinds of bands bands. just hit them up say hey if you guys ever get the itch i'd really like to make you know, something happened. There's a lot of people in this city that would love to see you, stuff like that. A lot of so people that's that would kinda, drive here to see band, some some of these. Bands, I don't know, man. man. Eight hours is a long drive, and that's the closest city to us, so we're kind of on an island. But <laughs> does that make like it tough to with the festival? Without since we're kind of further away from other cities, that probably makes it tough. Like I know even oh, yeah. festivals on the East Coast. They have all, all the cities are so close together, so they have all the yeah. They have a hundred million people within a hundred minutes. Yeah. of driving. Yeah. Uh, we don't have that. Yeah. We have a million people in the Valley and that's it. And, you know, we might get a few people to come down from Boise six hours away, but not many, not very, you know, 20 yeah. or something. And occasionally, you know, there'll be people that fly in. There's a few like loyal Crucial Fest fans that fly in every year or two. But ultimately it's like if you live in LA or San Francisco or Denver or Portland, it's like you can just wait another week and there will be an event in your town that's bigger than this that has more bands sure. that you want to see. So I can't really not only compete with those markets, but like convince people to make a huge drive to come here. It's just not really in the cards, just with the geography. Um, if I get lucky, I can catch bands on tour that need to come through Salt Lake. But as far as bringing people out, I've kind of just settled on like, you know, we'll get our 20% or so of the crowd that comes from out of state or 
or whatever on, on some years. But for the most part, it's like, I need to figure out how to get the people that are here to come. And so that's another part of making it free is like, let's get those curious people to come check it out. And maybe they're not the hardcore fans that know every band or whatever, but they like live music and they like heavy music and they like the energy and they're just looking for something. So trying to open it up and get more of trying to like almost, it's almost like trying to convert more people into the, into the community, the church of rock, the church of metal and rock. And well, I think all your things free heavy. approach is great. Uh, it really that, is because I, like, it's something that, you know, I've never bought a crucial fest ticket. Cause I'm like, I don't really know any of the bands, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have anyone to go with, but that's something I would totally want to go to just to kind of feel it out and see how it is. And, you right. know, and, and it's like, you don't have to commit. You don't have to commit anything or not being there. Just show up. And if you're having a good time, stay. And buy a drink, right? Because Metro's have a full bar right there. Yeah, And there are drinks, so you will have a good time. Yep. And get some food and, you know, check out some local vendors. We are going to have like a whole vendor market in in Metro. Um, It's going to be cool. Like we're going to, we're going to do some fun things with the layout. Like they're across from the bar. There's like these booths that they usually like rent out and on a sort of a VIP ticket status thing. Um, we're just going to strike all those booths and make a huge wall of band merch so that all the bands playing can have their own spot. Then there's going to be the, the huge brands crucial threads store with all the crucial fest merch and some extra stuff that we're doing. Um, then there's going to be gray whale is going to have a record store set up. Ninth and Ninth Book of Music is going to have a setup selling local art and and rare books and uh, musical instruments. Um, Black Harbor will be selling their strings. Uh, I've got a friend that's going to be selling hot sauce. I've got a handful of friends that are that are interested in coming in. So we're going to have like a really cool local market as well. With the idea being that hopefully since it's free, people will be willing to maybe spend a little bit of money and support a local person doing doing their thing. So we'll have that set up there as well. I love that. Yeah. Is there any room I was going to say if, pe- if people were interested in vending at the event, but I guess you probably already have all the spots. For room it. is limited, but uh, people are welcome to hit me up on Facebook, See either through Crucial available. Fest or my name's Jerem Bischoff. You can find yeah. me there. Um, you can email me, jerem at crucialfest.com. Um, but yeah, if people are interested in vending, um, I'm being really selective about it, like trying to get stuff that's really unique and bring something cool to the table because it's not like a huge fair where there's just room to have infinite vendors. Um, so, you know, I've got, got someone selling hot sauce. I'm not going to have two people selling hot sauce. I've got someone selling this. That's, you know, they're That's going to be their only thing. So, but that's not to say that I don't have a little bit more room for the right vendor. Very cool. Right on. And I'll have all those links at, uh, I am saltlake.com with this episode. Let's play the last song. There's one more song you wanted to play. And then there's, uh, we have some standard like Salt Lake City related questions that I'm going to ask you after after this song okay. to kind of wrap this episode up. Cool. Uh, but what's the song? So this, uh, this band's called Shelter Red. Um, they have a new record coming out. I'm really excited for it. It's actually going to be, this is actually going to be their record release show. Okay. It's going to be in Salt Lake. I'm really excited about it, but I wanted to play an older track. So this is a track one off of their first record. It's called Eyes on the Floor. And this was the song that like I heard and it blew my mind. And I was like, holy shit, who is this band? This is amazing.
So we have family and friends that visit us in Salt Lake. I mean, you have bands, tons of bands coming to visit you here. Well, I guess the whole city of Salt Lake, they're going to be visiting, but they're like, Hey, show us around, right? They're like, give us a tour, show us some of your favorite spots. Some people take people to the mountains. Some people take them to, you know, the great Salt Lake or downtown. I didn't know if you have one or two spots that you like to take people to, uh, to show off the city. Hmm. Where do I take people? Well, if they want good sushi, I go to Takashi because that place yeah. is like the best, not only Solid. the best in the city, but like maybe the best sushi I've ever had anywhere. And, uh, there's some really cool people that work there. It's expensive, but it's one of those things where like you spend the money there and you don't regret it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you get the bill and you're like, what the hell? You're like, ah, it's, it's worth it. <laughs> That's fair. That's um, fair. but I think, uh, the, Gray Whale record stores are yeah. amazing. Um, a lot of cities don't have record stores anymore. I mean, they might have one or two little hole in the wall places, but Gray Whale has like still your full setup. They're passionate about what they do or else they would not exist anymore. I know Dustin Hansen, who is the owner now, is just like incredibly engaged and just wants wants there to be record stores and wants to have that experience available for kids for me growing up it's like where i found music it's where i found like thousands of bands i was lucky enough to work there for a while at the the store by the university but um, bringing them out to the store in taylorsville is one place that i would go just to get that cool experience um i live right next to alchemy coffee i really like that place that's like they have some of the best coffee in the in the state so i'll take people there sometimes as far as bars go, I still have a, a soft spot in my heart for Duffy's where I used to work. Did you um, ever see Bill Murray there, man, when you worked there? Only, only pictures. <laughs> only pictures. Only Dude, pictures. That's such a wild rumor. I mean, it's yeah. legit, right? He really did hang out there. Yeah, he came by a few times. Yeah. Um, Bill Murray has this shtick of a thing that he would do with bars all over the place where he would show up to a bar and just get behind the bar and start pouring people drinks. Yeah. And you, he'll say, what, what would you like? And he'd be like, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a Jack and Coke. You're like, all right, got you. He'll take a bunch of orders of a people and or from people. And then he'll just go pour tequila shots and just give them to everyone, no matter what they, <laughs> what they ordered. And that's kind Can of, you the, imagine the getting away with that. Him, Only but, Bill Murray could get oh, away yeah, with that. No problem. They're like, thanks. Perfect. Um, but downtown, I, I like to go to Poplar. I yeah. Think that's like a really cool bar. I really like the layout. I really like the staff. Other than that, you know, like we have a lot of good parks. I really love Liberty Park. Um, I really love, you know, going up the canyons and going on, on hikes. The Grandeur Peak hike is a really amazing hike. I would say don't fantasize about going and taking a dip in the Salt Lake. It's not <laughs> fun. It's a good way to waste a day. <laughs> but the old, uh, the a old salt air, yeah. uh, the old salt air brochures when it was like a a beach uh, oh, resort people, are so fun. They're, they're yeah. taking wow. out on it. You're just like, wow, what is going just on? Get a floaty and go out there, man. Is there anything you would change about Salt Lake City if you could? Yeah. I'd bring the housing prices down. Um, <laughs> what else would I do? I mean, you could make changes to it and they could be for the good, but then it would kind of like start to wear away at some of the identity of of Salt Lake, like things with the, you know, the, it's like Salt Lake is like an island of more, I I don't like want to use the word liberal, but that's kind of what it is. More progressive 
people, open-minded, you know, there's a huge um, artistic community, huge gay community, huge, like this, all these like communities that don't really exist very much outside of Salt Lake. It's like once you get outside of the, of the Valley, it's like a very, very different place. And as much as I would like to change that, it's almost like the contrast is part of what defines the city and part of what makes um, the subculture like so expressive and like have something to say and really brings people together. So like I wouldn't want to mess with it too much, but, you know, I think a lot of people would say the same things about their cities. You know, I'd really like to see something major done about the homelessness problem here. I'd really like to stop seeing these cool stores and like historical spots decimated to build like like high a bunch of and- a bunch of just apartments and and stuff that just starts to like lose some of the identity. Um I mean, like the sh- the whole thing in Sugar House, like it's still cool over there. There's still like fun shops. It's a fun place to go hang out. But man, it lost I, its charm, I, man. I miss mm-hmm. I miss the old Sugar House, and I don't want to see that happen to Ninth and Ninth, and I don't want to see that happen to anywhere. But you know, you drive around and you you see it happening, mm-hmm. and some of the forces you just can't do anything about. Population goes up. People want to live here. It's a beautiful place to live. So the housing prices skyrocket and there's just like those kind of things that I would love to do something about, but there's really not much to be done. But the good things about this city that will always hold true, that we're close to nature in any direction, um, that there's tight knit communities. People are generally open, nice and welcoming. And, you know, we deal with the things that we don't like. Um, but ultimately, you know, we have four seasons here. We have, beautiful parks. There's still cool architecture everywhere. There's really, there's cool history, you know, for better or worse, it's interesting. And it's a, um, it's a beautiful place to live. So to answer your question, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good answer, man. I can respect that. Anything else you want to add before we completely wrap this episode up? I mean, thank you for recording with us. I mean, always a pleasure. I mean, for sure. Yeah. It's probably, been a while. Yeah. You, pro- I was looking, I think the last time I've talked about crucial fest on this podcast was with new transit and former rocket. So that was crucial fest six. six. Yeah. So that was yeah. like four years ago or, yeah. or have you, would that be four years ago or did you miss a year? Well, it's now? five years now. Cause we skipped one. Okay. Yeah. True. Or no, it is four years now that I don't know. It it's five. Mean, it it's five. We'll it's say five. five. We'll say it five. was four. Now it's five. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, man. I would just say, like, if you like live music and you're not afraid afraid of, like, high energy and, and intense music, if you're a fan of any of any any subgenre or anything that spins off of metal, punk, hardcore, rock and roll, experimental stuff, if you're into that at all, please come check out Crucial Fest. I've made it free this year because I want people that have never come to come. Everyone else, the people that always come, they're going to be there. And I would also encourage those people to be welcoming and outgoing and just try to like, let's try to like build the, the community work, a man. little bit. Let's try <laughs> to, com- let's try to convert some work. people to the, to the gospel of heavy. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I just want people to come out and support and support your local businesses. The ones that like gray whale that are really trying to do something cool. There's a lot of great businesses around here. And honestly, I depend on them to make Crystal Fest happen. It's not, it's not like some corporate buyout 
bullshit. It's like sincere people trying to help do something cool. Um, so that's so cool, man. That's about it. Well, thank you so much for recording. I'm going to let Chrissy ask the final question. So of course she's got to ask you, man. I'm going to have her ask (laughs) you. Uh, Thank you for doing the show. And, uh, next year, crucial fest 11. Let's, let's get you on, man. Absolutely. Yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, yeah. Before we do let you go, thank you for coming on. And can you leave our listeners with a piece of life advice or a motto that you live by, or you wish everybody else would live by? Keep fighting the fight in terms of doing what you want to do and making that work for you in your life. I respect people that work hard in any, any job. There's a lot of things that need to be done, but I just am still holding on to personally to the dream that I can one day, you know, make a living out of what I love doing. And I think musicians are in that boat and it's a really hard boat to be in. And it's a lot of crushed dreams, but as long as you're here, you still have a shot. So I really like seeing people that go for it and make something huge happen. Jeremy Condor of huge brands is like someone that comes to mind. He just started with this tiny little print shop and worked his ass off for years and turned it into this huge thriving company. And, um, you know, there's other people in the community that have done things like that and it's, it's possible it can be done. You know, I, I hope one day that I can look back and, realize that dream myself but at the same time i just i like to see other people fighting for it too because it makes the city a more beautiful place to live and makes life more interesting thanks again to jerem from crucial fest for joining us on this episode of the podcast all of the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes on our podcast website at iamsaltlake.com and to get straight to this episode type iamsaltlake.com slash 489 Hey, and I want to give a big shout out to our buddy Jason Woodland from Always the Journey. Great show he puts on. He had me on his show recently, episode 49. I'll put a link on the show notes of this episode uh, so you can listen to it there or you can just do a search inside of YouTube uh, for his show called Always the Journey. So go check that out. And we're going to leave you this week. This episode's done. We're done for this week. We're going to get out of here. But uh, you guys can support the show as always. Uh, by telling your family and friends about the podcast, right? That's a great way to... Share an episode, man. Do you share your favorite podcast with your family and friends, Chrissy? You know, I try. I really do. But I think I do it so much that they're just like, oh, great. Like, here she comes Get again. out of here. <laughs> hey, but another way you can support the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You know, this doesn't cost you anything, but I love yeah. reading about it. I know Chrissy likes to hear about them when I... Take... It's very nice. It's like, oh, people <laughs> are listening. Yay. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, you guys have a great week. It's going to be beautiful this week. So get out and enjoy the city. Support local, and we'll see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy.